Hey guys, and welcome back to the conclusion of my birth story. I'm so sorry for this epic delay. It was unintentional, but as I'm sure most of you can appreciate, life stepped in. And so I promised that I would come back and let you know how things all shook out in my crazy whirlwind unexpected birth story of my first child, my precious daughter, who has now turned seven. And the funniest thing is that some people have come to me during this hiatus. And again, I'm so sorry for the delay, but um, people have come to me in my life and said, you know, we're waiting for the conclusion. We're waiting for the rest of the story. And let me remind you you people, you know the story. You are the ones who actually know how the story ends. So I'm actually simultaneously laughing, but I'm also incredibly flattered that you care so much that you want to hear the birth story, even though you actually know the story already. And funny enough, you guys all know how it ends um, in terms of, you know, my daughter. She came out some way. But there are details that I can fill in. So when we left off, I had had this crazy natural childbirth for three days, never got an epidural, was having contractions, my water broke, and yet my body was not opening. And when the doctor came in, she determined that my daughter was not having the proper accelerations that they like to see when they're monitoring the baby's heart. And because I didn't open at all after three days of continuous contractions, I just kicked into gear. Something in me just kind of had this gut feeling. And I said, I need a C-section. And it was so crazy because I went from a plan with no intervention to full intervention. It's not like I said, you know, I would like natural childbirth and then it started to get painful. And I said, forget it. Give me the epidural. This was like no drugs in my arsenal to prepare for this. I had packed a tape recorder with my hypnosis training tapes. I had packed blow pops in the sour apple flavor because I heard that sour candy or sucking candy would be helpful. Blow pops really seems to be um, something that would be super effective in that situation. But, uh, you know, they say like load up your iPad or your computer with some shows that you might want to binge watch. Well, I did not have the opportunity to watch, you know, at the time, How I Met Your Mother, which was what we were watching back in 2010. In any case, I needed a C-section and I needed it immediately and I knew it. And so the blow pops just weren't cutting it. And as I said, the nurse really was very supportive and said, you know, you're a wise mom you know, first time mom for making this decision. And 
it was at that point that I found out about the meconium. So the baby was in some kind of distress. Um, it's hard to think about, I'll be honest. So that's one of the reasons probably for the delay, because sometimes when things are hard to think about or talk about, we avoid them. Um, so as soon as I knew that I needed a C-section, everything happened so quickly. I'm not kidding you. The next thing I knew, a couple things were in place. My husband was completely draped in sterile gear. So like this white suit with a white shower cap looking thing. The second thing was that my dad appeared in the room. So like this made no sense for several reasons. First of all, you're only allowed to have two family members in the delivery room with you. And I had my mom and my husband. So like, how did my dad materialize? And also how was he allowed in? But I guess during a quiet night at, you know, at this point, it's like one uh, forty-five in the morning, they let him in and I saw his face and my dad is, you know, um, a little bit more of an olive complexion. He always has a little tan going and he looked so pale. And at that point I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to die. That's really what I thought. He had this like fake smile on and I was like, oh yes. Okay. So I'm going to die now. And I know that it may seem melodramatic, but I was exhausted. I had been in pain for days. My baby was not coming out the way that I thought that she was going to. And she also was in distress my aunt, if you remember, had just had this horrific car accident. There was just so much that was out of my control. And I think that I thought this is all going to go really poorly. And so I really remember this very vividly. I laugh about this now because it's so funny and you probably think that I'm being like melodramatic and telling the story. But if anything, I'm probably downplaying this. Um, they wheeled me from the delivery room to the OR. And as I went, I passed some nurses at the nurse's station and it was kind of an eerie light, like this weird middle of the night hospital light. So that definitely perpetuated my feeling that I was about to die. And I literally was waving to them and saying like, bye, see you later. I think I'm going to go die. Like, am I going to die? And they were all like, no, you're going to be okay. But it was just, this was not what I had planned. So next thing I knew, I'm in the operating room. And unfortunately for the part of the surgery where you get the anesthesia, no one's allowed to be in there with you except for the sterile surgical staff. So I was, again, relying on the blow pops, didn't think I was going to have anything injected into my spine. And not only did I have to get something injected into my spine, but it wasn't just an epidural, it was a spinal. And those are two different animals. I will say I didn't love having the spinal. And that made me only more uncomfortable. I will say the people who were with me at the time were very compassionate. And during that 15 minutes, it was not easy for me, but it went by pretty quickly. However, I later found out that for my husband, it was one of the worst 15-minute periods of his life because he had no idea what was going on. He was 
pacing the hallways like a crazy person because he had just found out that his daughter needed to come out in an urgent way. I'm sitting there saying like, bye guys, I'm about to die. And by the way, please like, please know, as I've said in every single podcast so far and basically everything that I write, I say everything with the utmost sensitivity. I realize now that I shouldn't be saying this so uh, casually or flippantly because this unfortunately is a reality for some people and I am so sorry if I've offended anyone by saying that. But I want you to know that that is truly what I believed at that time. I'm not making a joke by saying that I thought that I was really in grave danger. I truly, truly believed that. So I'm not making fun of it. I'm not being flippant. I'm just telling it like it is or like it was. And so my husband was sitting there terrified, completely out of control. And then I remember that he was there back with me. I don't know what the hell that happened. And I couldn't feel anything below my shoulders. The spinal was too high. It's a horrible feeling because although I was breathing, when you can't feel your chest rise and fall, it's very hard to kind of have that comfort in knowing that you are in fact breathing. And so the anesthesiologist who didn't typically do labor and delivery anesthesia. Um, it was a cardiac anesthesiologist or a cardiology based anesthesiologist. He was so incredible and gave me such compassionate care. And so for that, I'm so grateful. And they had to put oxygen in my nose. And one of the side effects to the anesthesia was that my mouth was really dry, but when you're having surgery, you can't drink. So he would put this sponge to my lips and it was like manna because I felt so dry, like I couldn't breathe. I mean, it was like not a great experience and I was scared and I felt, you know, nauseated and I couldn't feel anything below my shoulders. And so I just felt, and there's a huge curtain separating me from the rest of my body. So I can't see what's going on. You know, I, I lost all control basically. And I was shaking. The parts of me that could move were shaking. And all of a sudden, my husband stopped me and the world finally slowed down. And he said to me, listen. And the doctor at that point said, it's time. So the baby was about to come. But that's not what my husband was referring to. My husband told me to listen to the radio. So the doctor says, okay, the baby's coming. And my husband said, listen to the radio because I don't know if you know this, but in the OR, surgeons blast the radio. And Desperado came on by the Eagles. It's a ballad. It is not a you know rockin' song. It was my nanny's favorite song. My nanny is my beloved grandmother whom I lost when I was 13. She is the person that taught me about feathers. That's why I'm all about feathers. So when you see my logo or if you ever, you know, get a card from me and it says with love and feathers, or if you've read my blog, you'll know that feathers are my thing. They're my strength symbol. And they don't always mean that 
everything is good. They mean that everything is going to turn out the way that it, they, everything will turn out the way that it should. And there's a distinction there. And sometimes it's hard, but I've learned that I have found a lot of strength in my feathers. And long story short with that, when I was losing my grandmother at 13 and very upset, I said to her, you know, nanny, what am I going to do without you? How do I go on without you? I'm going to miss you so much. And she said, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be around. I'm going to come back, but I'm going to come back as a bird. So look around for feathers. And when you see feathers, you'll know that I was there. And so the summer before she got sick, we used to listen to the Eagles album. And I remember I wanted to like buy her the, a different CD of the, by the Eagles, but like I was 12, so I didn't have money, money or any way to get to a CD store, but we listened to Desperado together and it was her song. And it was something that I had made very clear over the course of the years that it was a meaningful song to me. So the fact that it randomly came on the radio at the same exact time that the doctor said to me, it is time, the baby's going to come out, I finally found peace. All of the fear, all of the anxiety, it melted away because I knew, I knew that this was my sign. It wasn't a feather, but it was my nanny saying to me, it's going to be okay. And the next thing I heard was my daughter's voice. And it was the most beautiful music I could ever imagine. She cried right away and she sounded strong and I knew that she was all right. And thank you, Nanny, because you were right. And I heard my husband say, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. And I saw her very briefly. That was one of the hard parts about having the C-section with the spinal like I did. So when I get to my son's birth story, if I ever get there, um, I will tell you that I actually went a different route. I, I had another C-section and I had no other, I had no choice except to have another C-section, but I advocated for myself so that I did not feel that kind of discomfort. And I made sure that I got time with him right after he was born. I did not have that with my daughter. Um, so I got to see her, but then she was kind of whisked away and my husband went out and he went out to greet the family. And at that point, like more people had materialized, like my sister was there and my grandmother, my mom was there. Um, like all these people in the middle of the night ended up being there. So at two twenty-two in the morning, my beautiful daughter came into this world and my entire tribe of loved ones was waiting and they see my husband walking down the hallway crying and remember how I left them basically telling them that I was not going to be okay. So they all freaked out and thought something was wrong. And he just cried because he was so moved and he said, she's so beautiful. She's so beautiful. And then he you know, told them her name and all was, all was well. And that's when Mommy Ever After was born, along with my daughter. And 
I met my parents and my grandmother and my sister in the delivery room. And I finally got to meet my daughter a couple hours later. And she was the most beautiful, perfect looking baby. And I know that everyone says that, but to me, she just had this perfect little face. And she had this, she looked like a little heart as a human. And her eyes were big and shining and open. And she had the little Cupid's arrow lips. And she, from the very beginning, was like my little bird. And I felt that love for her. And I feel as though, as I wrote in the blog, she was welcomed into the world by her loving parents and our parents grandparents, siblings, and friends, and the loved ones who are no longer with us, but for whom she is named, her chorus of angels. It was her angels who provided the soundtrack to which she made her grand entrance. They wouldn't have had it any other way. And as I wrote, once upon a time, I had a plan. I had a life that I was used to. I had it all figured out. And then one day life changed and it became more colorful and rich and wonderful than I ever could have imagined. And so although I had been relying on a plan and control and sour apple flavored blow pops, I realized that although life often does not go as planned and sometimes it's hard to see When things don't go the way that we expect or even want, it's hard to see the purpose. And I'm very guilty of this myself. I oftentimes will throw my hands in the air and say, why me? Or this is not fair. And why is this happening to me? But one thing that I've learned, and this actually goes back to the feathers, and this is kind of an aha moment for me as I'm talking Because as I've told you before, these podcasts, I do all in one take and I have no script. I'm just talking to you off the cuff. Um, But just like my nanny said with the feathers, or just like I kind of started to realize with the feathers, it doesn't mean that everything's going to go the way that I wanted, but it's going to be the way that it's supposed to be. And so that's one thing that I think that I've come to accept and be grateful for in life that I have plans. I think I know, I think I'm in control and then things change and that's how it always happens. But things have a way of working out and some things in my life right now, I can see very, very clearly that they were meant to be this way. And that although I struggled during the process of going through some of these hard times and these hard situations, they've led me to a much better place. And to be completely honest, I'm still dealing with some other situations where I have my hands in the air saying like, why me? You know, how do I get through this? But talking about this out loud, it reminds me, it reminds me of Desperado. It reminds me of the feathers. It reminds me that I may think I know how things should have gone, but 
they didn't go the way that I wanted them to. They went the way that they should have been. And so I hope you take that with you. And if right now you're facing anything in your life that feels particularly hard or unfair or scary, you know, just like I felt when I was being wheeled down to the OR, I'm not trying to be trite and life sometimes isn't fair, but things often, not always, but often have a way of working out. And even if that means that we find strength in ourselves that we didn't know we had and we're able to get through things that we never could have imagined, then that's the purpose of why, you know, we were handed this really hard, really hard thing. You know, they say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And I actually think that that's true. And I read something the other day that said time heals most things and I've been living that. So in the moment, it's so hard to feel like things are going to ever be okay or that we'll ever get past these hard moments. They can be excruciating. But when you get through them and show your strength and dig as deep as possible and get up off the floor, even just for a second, I think that you'll see that those moments will pass and you'll be on to new moments and those new moments will be filled with all different things. But I promise you that at least some parts of those moments, some parts at some point will be filled with joy. And so that is the conclusion of my birth story. I'll leave you with that and I'll leave you with hope and the fact that although in this little instance, things didn't go as planned. It's a great metaphor for life. And I didn't expect to talk about that, but I think it's one that we could all use right now. And to be honest, right now, I'm going to go because I have my seven-year-old daughter, the little girl about whom I was just speaking, to snuggle up with while she reads me a bedtime story. So thanks for listening as always. I have some fun and honest and raw episodes planned for the near future. I will not have this long break. And in the meantime, be well, take care of yourself. If you need anything, don't hesitate to reach out. I'm always here for you. And thank you again. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye.